From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast. Your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast, quarantine edition number three, two on Zoom, third one since social distancing, I think. Anyway, here we are. Yep. First uh, update for everybody, Mark, you're doing okay? Everybody at the uh, Casa de Brunel? Everyone at, at uh, Casa de Brunel uh, is doing very well. Um, the kids are here. And, uh, you know, my, my son's working from home. But the boys are, are, in, are in school, uh, online classes, of course. Um, but doing well, so they're keeping busy. And... Um, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, a lot of people are going through a tough time with this, and this is affecting people in different ways. Um, if there is a silver lining for the Burnell family, I've uh, had more quality uh, family time in the last two months than really we've had in the last two years, to be honest with you. We've been around each other, a lot of family meals, and spending some good time together. And, and uh, um, so that has been good, but, uh, uh, you know, we're like everybody else, it, it's it's uh, not easy, but you you know, and it affects people in different ways. Um, and uh, so we're we're getting by, Cole. Uh, by the way, for those who are uh, listening right now, I'd like to describe Mark's uh, COVID facial hair. Uh, <laughs> this is the most beard I've ever seen on you. I've seen stubble before, but until this, uh, I don't ever remember. You have a proper beard right now. Cole, this is the most beard I've seen on me as well. But it's, it's <laughs> for this, I've let it. Two things have happened for me personally through this is that uh, I haven't shaved. I seem to be growing a beard right now, and I haven't taken slippers off in the last two months. So <laughs> you're basically Howard Hughes at this point. I'm basically Howard Hughes at this point. I have left the house. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, which is good. Getting getting some daylight, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, something different. It's just a matter of time before this beard is gone. As soon as Stacy says, you know what, that's enough, I'll be shaving five minutes later. That's just, that's just, how, that's just how it works, and I'm, I'm okay with that, Cole. As somebody who's had some kind of facial hair basically since Hurricane Floyd in 1999, <laughs> you, are, you, you are to the point now where you can trim the mustache back because it's starting to get over your lips and to the point yes. long enough where you can take a beard brush and actually brush it that's a big point because you're past the point where it should be too itchy for you naturally. It is. Yeah. It's, it's not itchy anymore. It's a great point coming from an expert in this, in this uh, area. <laughs> I, I think though, I don't have a, you know, a comb or anything, but I think that I want to keep the, the hair growing over the lip. I'm going to go for a kind of a Sam Elliott oh, okay. uh, type look. What do you, what do you think about that? You'll have Some to guys can pull it up. So guys we're going to get that voice oh, a little okay. deeper if you're going to pull off a Sam yeah, Elliott. Uh, <laughs> a lot deeper. What's for dinner? Uh, okay, let's talk some football. Uh, starting with the draft coming up. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, so the draft tomorrow. As we sit here, the Jaguars right now still hold the ninth and twentieth picks in the first round. What should the Jaguars do with that ninth pick, Mark? And what do you think is going to happen? I. What they should do is, uh, is go big. We've talked about this, Cole. I just think whether that's D-line uh, or offensive line, I think they need to get bigger. And uh, that now on offense, that could be in a guard or a tackle. 
Um, on defense, um, of course, a lot of speculation on Unique and Gakwe. That could be a tackle or an end, but I think that's where they start. I think in the whole for, in the first round with the ninth and the twentieth, uh, they find now. Now, as you know, Cole, you got to find the the right one has to be available, and uh, I would like to see them get big on the O line and the D line. Uh, use those picks for those positions. Then after that, Cole, as we've talked about, there are so many holes. I mean, even in the first round, you can make an argument, you know, we need, we need uh, a receiver or, or, or we need a linebacker or we need a, uh, somebody in the secondary. Y'all, there's so many holes. Everyone would be right. You can make an argument for getting somebody at every position. Cole, even at quarterback, if that right quarterback is available for you. I have been uh, playing around with mock draft simulators quite a bit this week. There are three or four of them online that uh, have different options you can play with. And it seems to me that, that if things go to the way they're sort of expecting to go, the Jaguars are probably going to be sitting there and the best players available are going to be offensive tackles uh, sitting there. Guys like Andrew Thomas from Georgia or Makai Becton, if you like him from Louisville, if you like a bigger, uh, a bigger tackle, um, uh, it looks like Tristan Wirth's probably going to go much earlier uh, in the draft. Um, uh, Jedrick Wills, the other one from Alabama. You have a lot of tackles that could sit there at number nine. Do the Jaguars need a left tackle right now? They drafted right tackle in Juwan Taylor last year. They don't need that position. You don't usually draft a center or a guard this high in the first round. Right. So do they need a left tackle, or are you okay with Cam Robinson? I'm not okay with Cam Robinson right now. I think, I think we need an upgrade there. Uh, I think Cam uh, um, has struggled, has not emerged like uh, I think the Jaguars have hope, uh, hope that he would. Um, listen, we started this franchise with a good, solid left tackle, and it, and it paid dividends. You've got to have a guy at that position uh, that can protect your quarterback's blindside. Um, it, I, I think that's a smart move right now. If you, you mentioned a lot of tackles, if there's one that the Jaguars absolutely love and he's available now, I promise you in their evaluation, uh, if they're looking at five or six guys, there's one or two that they really, really like and really, really hope to get. If that person is, is available, I'm all for it. Dave Caldwell said last week that there were about four guys at the top of the draft who were the no brainer types. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that that's, uh, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, and then maybe Isaiah Simmons. I'm not sure who the fourth one is for sure. It kind of depends on, on their scouting of him. Let's say though one of those guys doesn't fall uh, to, the, to the Jaguars. Um, but let's say one of the other quarterbacks does, but it's not a quarterback that the Jaguars really love. Let's say they're not in love with uh, Tua, and Tua is there at number nine. Are you okay with the Jags trading back? Hey, listen, I, if, if uh, I, I really am okay with that. Um, I'm okay, Cole. This is going to sound like, like an easy out, but I'm okay with anything that ha happens in the draft in the first round as long as it turns out to be the right move. We've had plenty of wrong moves, and so uh, I'm comfortable with that depending on who they get. And, and listen, the, the Jaguars are in a position right now where – uh, they can't afford to be wrong, especially in those early rounds. We talked about this in the last podcast. They, they can't miss. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, everything that happens in this draft really isn't about 2020 as much as it's going to be about 2021. Um, and we'll talk about Leonard Fournette, Unique Ngakwe. 
Uh, but goodness sakes, I mean, it, they just can't be wrong. Um, uh, it, it, it certainly will be interesting to watch. You mentioned Ngakwe and Fournette, both of whom uh, the Jaguars apparently are willing to trade. The old saying is nothing gets done but on a deadline. Um, the deadline, of course, for this year is the, you know, the start of the draft, or at least when the Jaguars are on the clock uh, or with whoever they're talking to, uh, when that team is on the clock. Um, any chance they get a first-round pick for either one of those guys? Uh, it's a possibility. Um, I don't think so. First-round picks are so valuable and, and hard to come by. Um, you know, if you look at – uh, if you look at each of them, um, you know, Unique Gakwe uh, has the potential to be really, really good and uh, is in a position where, you know, could get a big contract. Certainly not as big as Unique thinks he's going to get. And, and let's, I mean, do you, do you give up a first-round pick for a guy that just got eight sacks last year, Cole? Um, ranked somewhere in the 20-something in the NFL. Eight sacks, listen, we love him, and we, we, we see his potential and know what he can be. I'm not giving up a first round for, for a guy that just got eight sacks. Also a guy that has been pretty active in social media and not in a positive way, Cole. Leonard Fournette, we've, had, you know, we, we've seen him. We've seen some good, some not so good. The one thing I do like about Leonard Fournette, with this being a contract year, you're gonna, you would think that you're going to get Leonard Fournette's best season you'd like to think that but you don't know again active on social media again um i just i don't see anybody willing to uh give up a first round pick for any of those two guys good players um but i just don't see it happening cole would you take a high two for either one of them um i would take a, i would take a high two for leonard fournette right now not in ikengakwe You'd only take a first-round pick for Ngakwe. Uh, I would take a first-round pick for, uh, for Unique, absolutely. Yeah, right. we'll see how it plays out. I, the way things are being positioned, and, and reading between the lines here, Doug Marone saying he wants a team without drama. There's a lot of drama in the locker room. Um, I think he knows – Where do you find that at? Where do you find right. that at? I don't, does that exist? There's drama right. everywhere. In some winning teams, it does. Um, yeah, that's true. Few, but in very few losing teams. So – one of the things that, that you have to think is that this Jaguars team is probably not going to be a winning team in 2020. And Doug Marone's got to know that. Got to know where, you know, how it looks right now. He's not going to concede it publicly that, hey, this is going to be a losing team. But uh, he's, got some, he's got some work to do. And he doesn't want guys who are going to be rocking the boat, making things worse, you know, taking any, you know, uh, possibility of trying to be a mediocre team uh, out of the mix. So I, re I think it's, I think there's a much bigger chance that they trade in Gakwe than they trade Fournette. I may be wrong about that, but I think there's a bigger chance they trade in Gakwe because, and it could be for a first round pick next year, potentially, if they don't get a first round pick this year. Um, that's, that's, that's my feeling on it. Um, and, but, and I also think that Tony Khan was right in his response tweets that he, that Ngakwe wasn't helping his cause with some teams by uh, doing what he's done on social media. There are a lot of coaches who are going to say the same thing that, that Marone is saying, which is I don't want the drama. Yeah, you're right, and, and and drama could really hurt you, especially when there's drama on a, on a losing team. We've seen that enough the last few years. And getting back to the exchange between Tony Khan and and uh, and Unique, one Tony Khan was absolutely right in his responses. At the same time, you know, it, it really was unprecedented. I mean, how many times have you seen ownership and and a player go head to head in a, in a, in a little Twitter war? 
I think that was something that Tony Khan probably should not have engaged in. You know, your ownership rise above that. Don't get, don't mess around there. But what he said was, it's pretty smart. And I think in in unique Ngakwe, you're going to get a player. And, you know, the next day, I believe it was, you know, hardworking, attitude, all, all this stuff. But if it doesn't go well, Anik Ngakwe can be a problem. He's a problem right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what team would want to, you know, uh, get messed up in all that? There's drama on every team. Um, and I can understand coaches not wanting that in their locker room. But, boy, you know, nowadays it's hard for there to not be some measure of drama, um, you know, particularly when you've got a team that, that we expect the Jaguars to have this year. Yeah, and I will also say this. There aren't a lot of people who uh, are NFL owners at the age of 37. Uh, so you have people, you know, who are uh, in ownership at that age. Good point. I think, good we're point. Gonna see, I think we're likely to see more of this in terms of engagement on social media, particularly when you have a player directly calling somebody out. Um, uh, it, it, listen, if he's, if he's 55 years old and owns the Jaguars, it's probably a different situation. probably handles it differently. Than, uh, than at his age because of, you know, his generation of the way that, um, you know, people in their 30s ha- uh, have adapted to social media as a means of communication as much as it is a means of, of information gathering. So um, I don't think it's the last time we'll see it, but I don't ever remember somebody who was an owner <laughs> being in that situation and having that kind of conversation about a player um, it, it, that publicly, aside from, yeah. you know, Al Davis popping off at some point, but not on social media, just, you know, in an interview or Jerry Jones in an interview. Uh, I don't think it's that far removed. And I thought Tony handled it well. I thought he was uh, professional about it. And I think he was, uh, and I think he was correct in what he said. And I do think it's interesting to see how uh, different people are interpreting this Twitter battle. Um, A lot of, I've seen a lot of fans who think Yannick really got it. Oh yeah, Jan really showed him. And then you, you see a lot of national writers who are backing up Jan. And I think, I think a lot of national reporters tend to do that because they want the interview. Sure. The, the, by and large, um, a lot of former players and a lot of uh, local media kind of seem to be on the same page as you and I are on this thing. Yeah, I just um, listen. If you're in the if you're in the spotlight, if you're in, if you're in the public public side, you're going to get um, criticized. You know, if you're in any kind of performance based industry, uh, whether that's an NFL player or in broadcasting, Colt, you and I both have been have been ridiculed and people have been outspoken about, well, you don't do a good job here. I know, I know I have Cole, I shouldn't speak for you, but you know, oh, no. you have people that just speak, criticize speak you <laughs> and, and, but you know what you don't, when somebody calls you out, it's probably the best way to put it. You don't respond, you know, you, you just don't, you just don't do that. So I, I don't know. I'd like to know what, uh, what, uh, uh, Mr. Khan being Shad Khan thinks about that, uh, interaction there uh, I wonder if his, his son got uh, uh, got in trouble a little bit but listen I if there was a side to pick I would I would pick Tony Kong's I, I thought he was you know to a degree professional and and it made sense and I don't I, it, there were no you know cheap shots taken but um, I'm just not a big fan of kind of how unique and has handled this whole business side of the uh, of the game of football so we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, for sure. All right. I, I do want to talk about right now, um, 
let's say we're, you know, you're, you're 24 hours plus away from the draft and you're a, uh, a guy who thinks he's going to go in the first round. Maybe you're not locked to be the number one pick. Maybe you're somebody who could go at 26 or could go maybe on day two or whatnot. What, what, what is this last night before the draft like for, uh, for a player who thinks he's going to get picked the next day? You know, the night before the draft, it can be stressful for um, a potential draft pick. I mean, unless, of course, you're, you're Joe Burrow, uh, who pretty much knows where, where he's landed. 99% um, of the players entering the draft really have no idea where they're going to land, even what round, because um, you just never know in the draft. For me personally, uh, it was no different. In 1993, there were four um, rounds in the first day, and I was told that I would be, without a doubt, a first-day guy. Uh, projected um, probably third round, fourth at the latest. Well, I went the next day with the in the fifth round to the Green Bay Packers, and so it was disappointing, um, and it wasn't an ideal uh, draft experience for me. But I landed landed in the right spot, and that's most important for these guys. All right, we'll uh, we'll call that a wrap, and we'll uh, look forward to talking about the Jaguars draft. After it takes place, uh, 9 and 20. A lot of different options for the Jaguars with both of those picks. Mark, thanks a lot. Stay safe. Comb that beard, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Cole. See you, buddy. And Bye -bye. thank you for listening to Teal the Podcast. As always, you can follow Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast.